with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? So excited. A new season of NFL football is upon us. And of course, coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller. And thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is season six of this show. And uh, as always, we're going to look at the marquee games for week one in the NFL. That includes the Sunday and Monday nighters. I might toss in a Moneyline Matty pick for uh, week one. And of course, uh, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, Happy to talk to you about football again, brother. It's Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge. How you doing, Matty? I'm well, buddy. How about yourself? Good. It's been a while. It, um, if I could collectively call the off-season by the name of a really old 80s movie called The Never-Ending Story, I think that's the way I'd go, the way I'd characterize it. Yeah, and you know, I'm very sorry that I didn't come to those preseason production meetings, but uh, you know, I'm a veteran now and I had some family commitments. So, you know, we're just going to go live on game day. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on, so. Are you, did you get plastic surgery? <laughs> hi -oh! Tom Brady looking sluggish again today. Not sure what his problem has Blue been lately. 28. Yeah, definitely not looking as strong and virile as he has Blue in the past, 28. Tom. Hot, 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 hike. I'm, I'm pretty excited, though, to talk about an, another season of Bears football. And what's cool is both our teams are playing this week. Andy, of course, for those who are just uh, tuning in, is a Niners fan. So Bears-Niners will be discussing that game. And uh, just it was a, such a crazy offseason as well. The biggest thing, obviously, was the whole Baker Mayfield-Deshaun Watson thing going on between Cleveland and Houston and then Deshaun Watson with multiple counts of sexual assault and now of course the nfl has come down with um what was actually more than what we thought he was going to get from the nfl when it was first announced but less than what he should have got but <laughs> less than what he should have got but we're talking about the nfl here i'm actually glad he's not back out on the field playing after paying a fine but um now that he's going to be out 11 games yeah, uh, we have because I know Andy does his research, y'all. You got to understand this. I've had I've had now almost a full month uh, knowing that it's eleven games, and I've done some research in, in the in the in the playing with the playing field with the players and the stadium, anything like that. So I've I found out the top five ways that he's going to spend his time um, during those eleven weeks. Do you want to hear them? You're not going to hate man. Number five. He will spend all his waking hours trying to locate the real sexual predator. Hey, tour the world is me, yours truly. Number four. He mixed up going to the practice facilities at Penn State with the state pen and ended up tossing the salad a Big Frankie. Toss my salad? Well, what's that? God, well, having your salad toss means having your asshole eaten out with jelly or syrup. I prefer syrup. Number three. He's promoting his new branded set of consent forms, one for every state. So, uh, listen, I think you're really pretty and interesting, and I'd kind of like to take you upstairs and totally crush your pussy. Would that be acceptable to you? Oh, well, I, I, I guess it would. No, I'm sorry, I need affirmative consent. I'll need you to say, yes, you may take me upstairs and crush my pussy at this time. Number two. Group therapy with other famous sex offenders. You are all here in therapy because you got caught. 
So how do we avoid getting caught? Ben Roethlisberger. Don't screw girls in the public bathrooms. And now, the number one. Counting the 230 million ways that he fleeced the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, boy, did he ever get over on Cleveland, but really... Who doesn't get over on Cleveland? Now, what's interesting here at Almost Wise Guys is we've actually obtained audio from one of Watson's accusers. Now, I have to set this up. This happened in the massage room, and she asked Mr. Watson if he wanted her to use her hands or elbows, and here was his reply. Not tonight, sweetheart. Give me that hand. Well, that's just terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think <all>. it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to fire this one up. Yeah, Matty, let's fire it up. It's time! Fucking go! All right, first game on the docket. We head to Carolina. And uh, the aforementioned Baker Mayfield taking on his former team, Carolina, at home. And they are one and a half point favorites. 41 and a half is the over under on the game. And uh, well, dude, Baker Mayfield, obviously he has the advantage here because he should have an intimate knowledge of the Browns defensive schemes and their tendencies. And now he's also got run CMC who should provide him with a lot of yards and touchdowns until he gets hurt this year. Well, it works both ways. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, uh, from practicing so often with him, know exactly his tendencies, his proclivities. Um, so you could say that there's an advantage that way, too. If your aunt's had ball, she'd be your uncle, but she doesn't, so she's not. You know. Who's the better quarterback? Well, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to give the edge to Baker over Jacoby Brissett. But you know what? He's taken a lot of crap in the offseason for being what they call a game manager career. Uh, for him being in the pros, he's got 36 touchdowns and only 17 interceptions. Maybe you call that a game manager. Uh, I do. How many? What's what's the statistical sample over? How many games? It's 36 exactly. He's got one touchdown per game. That's what he averages. Okay. And then plus a couple on the ground here and there. Well, so Baker's an upgrade for the Panthers this year, quarterback. And I think the Browns are at a loss in this category. Brissett is below average. I know you're you're talking him up to be an average. or he's, he's a, I don't even think he's a good game manager. And now the Browns do have a great run game, but they're more one-dimensional with Brissett at quarterback. Um, if I'm the Panthers, I stack the box, force Jake Brisket to beat me through the air, you know, because uh, I do think the... Um, Panthers secondary is above average. They should be able to cover whatever the Browns try to throw at them. Well, keep in mind that uh, the Browns lost Jarvis Landry. However, they picked up a guy named Amari Cooper. So call that a wash, if you will. But just in the backfield, as you mentioned, they got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Dernis Johnston. I mean, that's one of the strongest backfields in all of football right now. Um, you know, still and a very good O line, very good O line, very good O line. And you're right, they're they're thin, excuse me, they're thin at the wide receiver position. But if you look on their defense, they still have Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Denzel Ward. Um, I think I think the Browns are kind of going to look like the Browns of last year. What we're expecting, 
you know, Matt Rule apparently is the uh, is the hottest on the hot seat of, of first coaches to get fired. Not sure why exactly. I heard Cliff Kingsbury's in that conversation as well. But Stefanski seems to get a hold of that team, and I just I don't think Carolina really has any business being favored against anyone other than the maybe New York Giants or New York Jets at this point in the season. Um, well, they're not being favored by three and a hook here. No, it's no, one no. and a half. They're at home. It's a season opener. Right. Yeah. And I, those those D linemen that you talk about and linebackers, that's where run CMC comes into play. A really good running back, especially one that's out of the backfield that can catch the ball um, in space. Mm-hmm. The D can't rush as hard because you dump it off to him and he's gone for 20 yards because he's got a huge open field now. So, so you think it's going to be before he gets injured. Well, I mean, it's probably going to be a few few games, so I'm giving them this game to at least help out. I'm taking, look, dude, I'm taking uh, Carolina to win here at home to cover one and a half points anyway. Um, I think the Browns are, are going to be discombobulated. Well, Cleveland has not won a season opener since, wait for it, 2004. Going 0-16-1 straight up in its last 17-week one contest. I find that hilarious. Anyway, I think they're going to buck that trend, and I think they're going to win one week one this week. I'm like, Baker. <laughs> Baker, you good? Come on, pick it up. We want a challenge. Up next, big AFC East matchup as uh, we head to South Beach where the Miami Dolphins are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the New England Patriots. 44-and-a-half is your over-under, and uh, Miami loaded up this offseason, right? They surrounded Tua with uh, guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, They got a new tackle in Armstead and uh, running backs Raheem Mostert, who you know well, and uh, also Chase Edmonds, who played uh, in in uh, Arizona, which is another team that plays your Niners. Um, but I have this sneaky suspicion that Tua stinks. You stink. <laughs> what? And what would give you that idea, Matt? Well, the list is long, but distinguished. Yeah, well, so is my Johnson. <laughs> Well, watching him play football. Oh, yeah, no, that was probably... My my talent evaluation skills have led me to believe that he stinks. It's my quarterback. Well, he was... There was only one quarterback in the league last year um, that had fewer passes under 25 yards, and that was Jimmy Garoppolo. And Tua actually was the most efficient in, in passing um, there, but now he's got Tyree Kill, so he can go downfield now. He's got a new little... New little weapon, new little toy to play with. Um, you were talking about how they were acquiring all my guys from the 49ers, Mostert and Armstead. What about uh, our offensive coordinator and Mike McDaniels? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, too. Wow, this is like the Niners East. Yeah, so he's only 39 years old, but this is his first time starting as a head coach. And who's he going up against? The GOAT. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. And Matt Jones... You know, the Bills were doing so well last year in that division that he kind of, I don't know, people weren't really paying attention to him. But he had over 3,800 yards passing and two, uh, 22 touchdowns. Oh, I think Mac Jones can ball the fuck out. 
Oh, yeah. If he builds on what he had in his rookie campaign, it won't be long before he's one of the league's top echelon QBs. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt. And Devontae Parker, who had been with the Dolphins for the last seven seasons, is now a Patriot. So there's another sub-story sub story to keep an eye on. Belichick, they actually took the guys down there on Tuesday um, because of the heat and humidity. It's supposed to be about 91 degrees game time. It's hot! Damn hot! Real hot! Hot and this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Well, can you tell me what it feels like? Fool, what is hot? I told you again. Were you born on the sun? It's damn hot! And uh, they just wanted to get the guys uh, acclimated to the weather down there. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, we talk about uh, records on season openers. New England, in their last 18 season openers, they've won 15 straight up. And I, I am. Like, all the things that you mentioned, I'm bullish on the Dolphins this season. they got, they got a lot to be excited about. But I think it's going to be too tall of an order for Miami this week. Um, as a three-and-a-half-point underdog, I'm, I'm going to take the three in the hook, and I'm going to go with the Patriots. Yeah, let's not forget everybody on the Dolphins hype train that they looked really disjointed the entire preseason. And now they're playing a team with a coach who always has his team with their shit prepped and ready for any opponent. You know, get on the Dolphins train. I think they're going to be, they're a good young team. There's, there's good things ahead. But uh, you know what I think? I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. Uh, I like the way this is setting up for the Pats. In fact, at plus 160, buddy, I'll take the Pats as my first money line Maddie pick of the season. Oh! Right up next to Soldier Field to see my Bears uh, take on the San Francisco 49ers. Bears, seven-point underdogs at home, 41.5 is your over-under. You know, I think some people are sleeping on the Bears a little bit. Uh, I think it's largely because they're an unknown as well, uh, with a lot of changes both in uh, management, coaching, on the field. Uh, but they had a really good preseason and looked really tight. And Matt Eberflus, um, he looked like he had a pretty good game plan for Justin Fields when Justin Fields was on, on the field. One thing I am interested about your team is the injuries here at O-line. Now, the mm -hmm. Niners, right? You've got uh, the big injury I'm looking at right now is Daniel Brunskill because yep. he's uh, the center, and he was the center because he's taking over for the retired center, Alex Max, from last year. Mm -hmm. He's week to week with a hamstring injury, and if he can't go, that means that your Niners will have three brand spanking, shiny new interior linemen for the first game of the season not the best thing for a new starter behind center. No, fun stuff, isn't it? What I'm looking forward most to this game, so you've got two quarterbacks with really similar playing styles, and they're both going into their second years, right? And they've been sort of kicked out of their, their respective nests figuratively. But Justin Fields, he's going to go into this game with a bit more confidence than Trey Lance. He's had way more snaps in the NFL. He doesn't have a guy who's looking over his shoulder who's been to the Super Bowl, who's number two in the depth chart. 
which he did last year with Nick Foles. And, and Trey Lance obviously does this year with Jimmy G. But, you know, you take a look at who the, the Bears have lost since last year. James Daniels, Khalil Mack, Belial Nichols, Akeem Hicks, Allen Robinson, Andy Dalton, Deion Bush, Marquise Goodwin, Pat O'Donnell, Jakeem Grant, MVP Super, Super Bowl MVP Nick Folds. And they haven't really picked up many notable names this season. Now, I know that's by design. Well, uh, the Bears really realized that the last part of the the last management of the organization really emptied the cupboards and had stacked up a large payroll with no payoff and that our biggest problem was on offense and we didn't even have the money to get a good free agent uh, tackle last year or free agent guard because we could didn't have the cap room to sign him. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get we have like what I feel is far too small a payroll now, but all the best teams are built nowadays from the ground up with a lot of young guys. Yeah, I mean, they've got Robert Quinn, who played exceptionally well. In fact, I think he got uh, a Bears record last year, 18 and a half sacks. So he's going to be putting pressure on, or pressure on Trey Lance. And if, if Lance does decide to run and get out of the pocket, it's going to be up to Roquan Smith to stop him. And I'm sure that you're thanking your lucky stars that Roquan Smith is actually playing, even though he didn't get his contract issue sorted out. Oh, you bet! I think Roquan Smith is a is a beast. Well, you could you can blame you can blame his agent for that, and uh, I forget his name. Oh, yeah, Roquan Smith. Yeah, well, I I don't think he's Roquan Smith Esquire. I don't think he really, I don't think he has his Juris Doctorate, so we can forgive him for that. I'm I'm glad he's good at playing linebacker. If he was good at negotiating contracts, then he'd be the rock from Ballers. The next time that you bring me to this shithole, it better be to offer me a deal and a huge check because you're wasting my valuable fucking time. Your guy Eddie Jackson in the backfield did not have a fantastic season last year. In fact, the whole team finished 32nd, allowing the worst rating against opposing quarterbacks. Not good. Not good. A lot of talent was dumped from defense because they were making a lot of money and weren't paying off um, where my hope kind of lay is it Justin Fields looks like he's kind of turned a corner from his rookie season uh, this includes the aforementioned Mac Jones we talked about the other segment uh, mm-hmm. second year quarterbacks in the preseason Fields was graded as the top second year quarterback uh, yeah. 90.4 that's above Mac Jones um, you know and I think young and hungry is always better than overpaid and overstuffed and lazy you know i i'm gonna here's what i'm gonna say i'm a bears fan stop bears stop bears that's why i always tell people to take what i say with a grain of salt about them but a couple other notable injuries for the niners and i think this is really going to hurt them as well are um they're going to be without verrett and ward in their secondary and that leaves you guys really thin because you had a lot of dudes depart in the offseason norman williams tart uh depth safety william or wilson sorry so very thin there and the bears i love this darnell mooney kid and he's got a full year under belt under his belt of playing with justin fields and they hooked up a bunch in the preseason not to mention cole Komet. i think is ready to come on our boy from notre dame i'm I'm taking the bears uh plus seven they're going to be up for a big home opener at soldier field with a new head coach uh new feel the Niners should win this game outright, but I think the Bears should be able to cover the seven at home. Your 66% chance of rain 
uh, with over 10 mile an hour winds would suggest that it might be a close, low scoring game. I've, I've done the matchup. You know, I like I like my defensive line over your offensive line. I like my receiving core better than your receiving core. But there's certainly like I, I definitely think your secondary is superior to ours. But I think one thing where we do have the big edge is a guy named Kyle Shanahan over a rookie head coach. And I'll give you a Shanahan. I'm not. <laughs> don't get me wrong here. This is not a strong pick. I'm, pro- I'm not. I'm not going to touch it with my own money, especially at seven. But I, I've got. A, I got a small lean to the 49ers being able to cover this one. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> For our first primetime matchup, we head to Big D, where the uh, Dallas Cowboys are home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two and a half points. Dallas are underdogs by, and 52 is your over-under. Now, one interesting stat that I found is the Bucs are only three and six on the road uh, last year. They're not a big fan, and that was straight up. They're favored here. Yeah, I, I this line to me is I don't know. I so thought it would be like Dallas, maybe minus one and a half. Well, I think with Dallas, you know, you see their, you know, Tyron Smith go out, and now they're they're really when I say when I say thin at wide receiver, I mean they've got one guy, CD Lamb. He's got eight or sorry, eleven touchdown passes from Dak. If you take their entire receiving core and add it all together. They have a total of zero touchdown passes from Dak, so they're working with a, a, a new uh, new slate of guys. So I, I think that's where the where the public is looking at this claim. Hmm, should they be should they be underdogs? Should they not be underdogs? But let me make a case for them. And it starts right up front with the Bucks O line and the loss of starting center Ryan Jensen. Um, he's out for possibly a season-ending knee injury. Right tackle Tristan Wirfs out with a strained oblique. Now you've got a revolving door at left guard. And I'm concerned about the middle of the O-line for Tom Brady. And you can ask Tom Coughlin about the key to beating Tom Brady. And it's pressure up the middle. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. And so you couple that with his little Houdini act for 11 days that he pulled. I can see if you take, you know, you look at guys like Leighton Vander Esch and Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, you know, with pulling a, a few stunts and, you know, just mixing stuff up right up the middle. I think that's enough to disrupt Tom. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, you got Diggs in the backfield, Trayvon Diggs, one of the best, you know, one of the best DBs in the league. And I think the key to this game is actually going to rest in the hands of Tony Pollard. And I think if both if both Zeke and Tony get going, that's all that Dak's going to need. It, you know, um, under the lights. I'd say just Pollard, man. I I think I think Zeke is getting to the point where, as running backs do, unless your name is Frank Gore, uh, yeah. you know, it, he's just losing a little bit of his step. He's still a great running back, but he's not the Zeke of old. Whereas I think Tony Pollard gives him a real edge, and he runs really hard. A lot of angry oh, runs. Oh, he's he's impressive, and they still have Dalton Schultz at tight end. But you know, and if you this is on Sunday night, Cowboys in prime time covering covering each of their last six appearances in prime time. Tom Brady and the Bucks one and nine against the spread in their last ten night games. That's horrible. 
No, you know what that is? That's horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. Yeah, yikes. I, I just, I think there's just, you know, with, again, new coach in Todd Bowles. You know, he drove Bruce Arians, well, not out of the building, but at least up into the, uh, up into the press box. I just think there's too many question marks in the Bucks right now. And I think Dallas at home opening week one as an underdog, that's a pretty good gift. And I, I think it's going to take Brady a, a little bit to get his beat. He may be the, the goat, but hey, man, you didn't do a lot in the preseason. I mean, that guy keeps himself in the preseason, dude. There's a lot of shit going on. But like he keeps himself in tip top shape is what I was going to acknowledge as well. Right. But um, I'm just going to add to bolster your case for Dallas because I think I'm with you here. Um, The Cowboys are five and one against the spread in the last six as an underdog and Mm -hmm. 16 and six against the spread in the last 22 overall. They could play tight games, especially in Dallas. And yep. um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they came away with a W here. I'm, I'm going with you. I'm taking Dallas here to, to cover against Tampa Bay. I want me some glory, ho. And last but not least, we head to Seattle for the Monday Nighter. And uh, Denver's coming to town. Big time divisional matchup here. And uh, Seattle plus six and a half at home with a 41 and a half over under. That's a pretty big spread for such a low total. And uh, well, Russell Wilson's coming to town. Well, he was always in that town, wasn't he? But now he's a Denver Bronco. And uh, I wouldn't call this a revenge tour because it doesn't look like they... uh, left on completely acrimonious terms, but... Oh, I, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll give him a good warm reception when he enters the building. Yeah, definitely. And uh, But I think Russell, after that reception, is going to turn around and beat the living shit out of his old team. <laughs> well, here's who, so here's who Seattle lost in the offseason. A couple names you might be familiar with. Dwayne Brown, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, DJ Reed, and Carlos Dunlap. How do I... Man. And now they're now they they're being forced to start. Well, like there are two choices for quarterbacks. How about this, Drew Locke or Geno Smith? I better get used to having to pick between a douche and a turd sandwich because it's usually the choice I'll have. Yeah, it's not uh, not a very good option, really. Like Derek Carr might only be the second best car, but would it not be great if he had like a retarded cousin he could loan to Seattle? Break that vein! Break some veins! Well, look, man. Uh, Wilson, he's got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams. I mean, he's a fan. Like, he's got a, a lot of weapons at his disposal. More than now, I mean, he, he doesn't have Metcalf anymore. But I honestly think in Denver, he has more tools at his disposal and a better defense. I mean, Seattle's defense last year was atrocious, and they haven't really got a ton better at that position. Probably the reason the over-under is 41 or 41 and a half, whatever it was there. Yeah, 41 and a half is because the Broncos will score like 42 points and Seattle will get none. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so, dude. I mean, look at the Seattle Seahawks still have left. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Rashard Penny. 
I realize they don't have anyone, you know, big name people uh, throwing to these guys, but you know, um, they don't have an O line to protect those no names at quarterback. Well, they never did. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. But Russell Wilson, you used to say it all the time was the deodorant that covered up the stink that yep. was the offensive line of Seattle. I'm quoting the prognosticator to the prognosticator. Yeah. I, again, this, this again, for me, comes down to coaching. Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is going to be great for the team. But he's a young guy, first time as a head coach, going against Pete Carroll. And as much as you know, we shit on that guy, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. And he's probably one of the best coaches in the league right now. And if you're... You know, we've made this analogy before with Tom Brady. If you're looking to employ a demolitions expert to take down a building, you might want to include the original architect in the creation of the building. And I'm talking about the building that's five foot eleven inches tall named Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll knows how to get to the guy. He's seen him in practice. So Pete's going to be amped. The Seahawks are going to be amped. The 12th man at that stadium is going to be amped. And I like the Seahawks to cover six and a half at a home opener on uh, under the big lights of Monday night. I think the Seahawks defense would have a hard time stopping Ohio State. I'm going with uh, the Denver Broncos here to cover, and I don't think it's going to be close. And just before we go, we like to give you a little teaser before we leave. So, uh, well, Andy, you go first. What do you what do you like for your teaser this week? Well, I want to go to the land of ten thousand lakes, where the Minnesota Vikings are taking on a very familiar foe in Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And I want to take them from plus one and a half, going through the key numbers of three, four, and seven, to plus seven and a half. They typically keep games close, especially within their own division. Second leg of that teaser was one we've already spoken about. I like the Cleveland Browns at plus two and a half. I love them at plus eight and a half. Very low total of 41 and a half. So wrap it up. Vikings, Browns, my teasers. Well, I'm going to tease a team and an over-under. So a a team and a total. So first, uh, I like Dallas at plus two and a half, so I love them even more at plus eight and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is at home. That takes them through the key numbers as uh, three, four, and seven. And of course, the over-under, I'm going to take the the over-under from the same game, so Dallas-Tampa Bay, and I'm going to take the over-under from 51 down to 45 and, of course, be taking the over. He's calling his shot. Thank you for listening to week one of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all the games across the NFL this week. From the Cosa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around 
But those dreams have remained And they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead ya Who'd have thought they'd lead ya Back here where we need ya Back here where we need ya Yeah, tease him a lot Cause we got him on the spot Welcome back Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back We always could spot a friend Welcome back And I smile when I think how it must have been And I know what a scene you were learning in Was there something that made me come back again? Mom.